I'm sick of that response. You know, spiritual warfare, like they carry something, man. And it's, it's heavy, man, it's heavy. You carry something greater. And the only reason that we give more power to that is because we don't recognize the power that we have inside of us. And yeah. that's Jesus, that's not us. You're listening to the Outward Conversation podcast with Josh Stone, the podcast that delves into the very real struggles we experience and the goodness and grace of God that meets us in the midst. Hey guys, welcome to the Outward Conversation podcast. Um, I know it's been uh, quite some time since we've done an episode and going forward, um, things are going to look a little different than they have um, in, instead of just doing different interviews every time, we're going to keep people on the show more consistently. And one of those people we have here today, and he's been on the show before. Uh, my goal for the next few episodes, uh, we're going to have one other guy that couldn't join us today, but hopefully he'll be joining us within the next few. And um, just kind of like an unscripted talk on what has God been teaching you either, you know, over the past few months, over the past year, like what has been the thing that uh, it seems like you can't stop thinking about or just that one topic that God has been really teaching you more and more on. So uh, I guess I'll ask you that question, Mario. And it's been some time since we've actually gotten to talk too. So I don't know the answer already. Um, what are some of the things that God has been teaching you over the past, I guess, few, few months since we've talked last? Uh, I think for me, it's been like carrying Jesus with me. And not necessarily like uh, preaching to people's faces, but like just having that uh, that reflection of Jesus yeah. for me to other people. I work in an environment where, uh, you know, some people, I, I'm around people with different like perspectives, different beliefs uh, all the time. And the funny thing is often I've heard people say, I mean, man, you carry something, you know? Like there's something different. Like they, you can't. What they'll say is that like you carry like a peaceful, positive. Like they would say aura. All right. Yeah. But I know what it is. It's just you know it's Jesus. Is what I do. So, um, I think often for me it's been like how do I carry that everywhere I go, which yeah. is something that even with the beacons thing I don't do as much social media stuff anymore, but I take it with me, always. So. It's just kind of like, how do I go about, how do, how do I, uh, how do I go into environments where people don't know about Jesus or people might be, uh, you know, standoff to like Jesus and yeah. how do I show them Jesus? And to the point where they're like, I don't even know what this is, but there is something different. Yeah, you know what I mean? for sure. So that's, that's been it for me lately. So um, I guess, how do you get to that point? Like, is it something that you consciously choose going in every day or is it something that like comes out of your quiet time with God that isn't so much of a uh, conscious choice, but it's just who you are. Like uh, I guess like what is the uh, thought behind what people see? I don't really choose to do it. Uh, I think I don't really know how to explain this the right way, but a yeah. lot of, like lately, I'd say the last two years or something like that has been a complete like uh, a lot of foundations came down 
that yeah. were not important. For sure. And a lot of other ones came up. And I think my perspective on God, uh, the Father, and Jesus, uh, and them being like the same thing, you know what I mean? Like Jesus is an extension and a face of God. Yeah. And I think just, I think it's been a response to that, that changing a perspective where it just takes so much off of you. For sure. Uh, there's no striving anymore. Like if I don't want to do something, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not forced to do anything. I, if For I sure. help somebody, it's because I, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And they don't, they don't need to help me or they don't need to pay me back. You know, yeah. if I buy them something, uh, that's not important. That's not even what it's about. It's yeah. just a response to great. It's a response of gratefulness for, for sure. how good God actually is. Yeah. That's really all it is. That's yeah. awesome. That's a really cool answer. I know this is something that we've talked about quite often is, and I'm sure you get this a lot with uh, your job. Like most people our age or a little younger than us now have either been so hurt by the church that they want nothing to do with church, or they've just heard stories of people getting hurt by the church. And they think that's all the church is. Therefore that's all God is. And just the idea that people have this idea that God is just angry all the time, that God is angry at every little thing that you do. But most people, even if they don't believe in God, they would agree with the teaching of Jesus. And to, like you just said, to understand that Jesus himself said, if you've seen me, you've seen God. If you know me, you know God. And so, yeah, that's cool that when people interact with you, that they're able to, to, to see that, just see that, like, I guess all Christians aren't this angry person that people think we are because they think that we have an angry God, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's not about like hiding when I say like not preaching at people. I'm saying, oh, yeah. like you carry something and I've, I've had conversations with people who are genuinely like interested, like what, what is this? Like, how do you differ from other Christians? Mm -hmm. You know? And they want to know. And it didn't come like from me just like saying, Hey, I'm a Christian right now. Yeah, exactly. No, it's like, I lived a certain way and it was just a response to thankfulness to God. And then, later they asked me about it yeah and they started to be more open about it and i talked to a guy who uh, came from a buddhist family hung out with him and you know he's open to it because he has that desire that you know i think he has that desire and i think we all do to know who god is and to for know sure. his true nature and yeah i just, for him like i've been meeting with him con consistently uh and every time we talk more and more and I hear his perspectives and I listen to him and other people, I've heard them just straight up like bash God to my yep. face. And guess what? I'm not a lawyer. I can listen to him yep. and I can hear them out and I can talk to him and I can keep meeting with them, you know? And I think that does a lot more than taking the, the side of, I have to defend this for sure. Well, you know, you can hear it out there's a time to defend things and it often comes when uh, religiosity is at work and, you know, you s see things happening among Christians, you know, sometimes you have to be like, Hey guys, no. Yeah. But uh, listening to people who don't necessarily have the right perspective of God and hearing them out. I mean, 
I think you just listening and uh, not responding in a way that most Christians would respond yeah. says a lot. Sure. Um, I think that's really cool. I think uh, I can't remember where the quote came from, but it's like a super cliche quote that gets used all the time that says preach the gospel wherever you go and if necessary use words and uh, that's something that i've always thought about is especially now we're in like a time and age where like thanks to you know awesome people that i'm very thankful for like billy graham and other people like that like people have heard the words people know the words people need to see it in action now and that comes with like what you were talking about jesus was only stern speaking to the people who should know better anyone anyone else he had compassion and he wanted to introduce them to god not just preach at them um, i was trying to find a quote uh i've been reading the new Francis Chan book and uh, there was a quote in the book that I thought was really cool. What picture of God are we showing to the world? If the church is supposed to be a reflection of the image of God and the aroma of Christ to those who are, are perishing, it is no wonder that people are not attracted. Don't try to comfort yourself with verses like John 15, 18, that says, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. The, the, the world currently hates us, not because we resemble Jesus, but because we don't. We are arrogant and there is a serious disconnect between our beliefs and our actions. And I thought that was like really spot on because I mean, we see it all over social media now where everything is persecution and everything is an attack when really some people just need to learn how to show compassion to people yeah, and stop being hateful. Yeah. Inconvenience is not persecution. Exactly. Like say that right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, what else has God taught you through your job, just interacting with people every day and doing that more? Some people have asked me, like, how do you stand firm to your, you know, Christian convictions when you're in environments like that? And I understand the question, but uh, my response is pretty simple. If you're actually a Christian, it's not hard to do mm -hmm. because you're supposed to be out there. You're yep. supposed to be around people who uh, have difference of opinion, people who some would say are too far gone, right? Yep. Even though they're not, um, God still loves them. There's hope for them too. For sure. Uh, and you don't, you, if you live under a rock and all, the only thing you do is just go to church, uh, you're robbing a lot of people of the Christ that you carry inside yep. of you right mm -hmm. so it's just been that right a lot of a lot of what this last year or so has been has just been like the deconstruction and i say that uh 
hear me out when I say that because a lot of people hear deconstruction and they're like, oh my gosh, no. <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. That, He's I lost mean, his faith. No, no, I've actually gained it and it's stronger than it was before. Uh, but my what was deconstructed is my perspective of what ministry actually is. Yeah. And uh, uh, ministry is just what I do in response to God. It, for sure. That's probably been the biggest thing that, that God's been teaching me over the past year and a half or so is I don't need a set time to do the things for God or to do things of God. All of my time needs to be to do the things of God and everything that I have to, everything that I do for God has to be out of an overflow, not from the idea of the fact that I need to do things for God. God doesn't need me to do anything for him. Everything I do should be out of a overflow of what he's already done. Um, and with what you were talking about, uh, I was reading a book a couple months ago and it had a quote in it that I can't remember word for word, but it was talking about that whole idea that I just can't comprehend of Christians that feel that they can't interact with people who aren't Christians. Uh, I've told this story multiple times at my church, but even when I was 12 and I didn't really like know anything about any of this, I was on a trip, one of those two week trips where you like do backyard Bible schools and hand out tracks and stuff like that. And we were in Arizona and we were split up into groups of three to go hand out tracks, to invite people to a backyard Bible school at a church. And I remember in the group I was in, I pointed at these kids who were skater kids. And I was like, hey, we should go give them tracks. And the person who was over our team, the adult who was over our team said, hold on, they don't look like Christians. And even when I was 12, I was like, who are we trying to get to come to this Bible school then? Do we want this room to just be full of Christians so we're comfortable? Or do we want, you know, actual things to happen? Do we want actual, do, do we want people to actually experience what we're teaching? Um, and that's just something that I've always thought about. But this book that I read a couple months ago had a quote that basically said, people are so concerned about Christians being in the world that they'll start being of the world. But as long as these people belong to Jesus, they're supposed to be in the world. They're fine. And yeah, in the complete, I guess this could come off as harsh to some people. And I hope no one takes it that way. I do. But <laughs> if you find yourself at a spot where you don't feel comfortable and granted, like everyone has to, you know, use their own discernment. Like if you've struggled with alcohol and you know that it's something that you're still tempted with, God is probably not calling you to instantly go out and put yourself in, in temptation in that way. So yeah. I'm not telling people to go do stuff. Like not, that. Telling you, not telling you to go to parties. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but saying, if you don't feel comfortable interacting with people that don't believe the way that you do, that is a lack of spiritual strength. 
And that just proves that we need to be spending more time in prayer, spending more time with God, because the only thing that keeps that from happening, and we've been talking about this so much lately, is when you know who you are in Christ, you can go anywhere because you know who you are. Yeah. And no one is going to take that from you. No place that you can go, no one that you interact with is going to take away your identity. And just like you were talking about when you go to work, people can see it all over you. You can be the only Christian at, at your job and people will see it all over you because you carry who you are with you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that same book that I was reading said, if every Christian on the earth was just all of a sudden gone, except for one six-year-old girl that still believed in Christ, thanks to the Holy Spirit, she would have everything that she needs in her to start a new movement. That it is all because of Christ in us that we have that, you know, power to like walk in peace, to walk in who we are. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's just something I've been really stoked on lately is just exactly what you said. What happens when you stop striving? Yeah, exactly. And I think let's go ahead. I want to dismantle something right quick, if that's Ooh. cool. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think Josh is nicer than me. So if this Am comes I? up, yeah, you are. <laughs> If this comes off as harsh, uh, well, I'm not sorry. He said he was sorry. I'm not. But there, a lot of times what people's, the way that people respond to this, and this is something I've gotten to, is they carry something, man. You know, spiritual warfare, like they carry something, man. It's just, you can't do it. You can't do it. I'm sick of that response. Who's more powerful? Because, <laughs> because you say they carry something right inside of them and it's it's heavy man it's heavy you carry something greater yeah yeah you carry something greater yep it doesn't even compare yeah and the only reason that we give more power to that is because we don't recognize the power that we have inside of us and yeah. that's jesus that's not us yeah so i can be around people and you know what they might carry something heavy it's not going to it's not it's not going to affect me though yeah for sure as long as i know who i am as long as yep. I know who my father is. Yep. I think we should write a book on Christian cop-outs. Um, Cause it is painful. And I agree. Like that whole idea of, well, I couldn't go there because I just felt a really dark spirit there. Okay. Well, you know what you do when there's darkness, you bring the light. Exactly. That's where Jesus went. That's where the, uh, uh, apostles went that's where we're called to go is where there's darkness exactly but it does come down to we don't know who we are in christ so we can be swayed i mean it all goes back to what happened to eve whenever the serpent questioned like did god really say all it took were those words for her entire view of god to go from he's a good god to well, maybe he's a liar. Yeah. But if we stand firm in who we are, because Satan tried the exact same tactic on Jesus, Jesus did not sway a bit. Jesus answered with scripture and 
it would be, well, did God really say, and Jesus answered back with the spoken word of the Lord. Exactly. Because he knew the word, he knew who his father was, and he knew who he was. He was not swayed one bit by what Satan said. Exactly. But. All he can do is lie. Exactly. I mean, that's it. Exactly. Like, you guys, when you, I was, I'm going to stop saying you guys, because I don't want to feel like I'm attacking people. But <laughs> it, it, it's many personally. people. Yeah, it's you. <laughs> Many people give him more power than he actually has because it, the Bible already says that he's defeated. Yeah. And I think we really need to start believing that. Yeah. I've yeah. been in uh, certain places where I've just like backhandedly said stupid things like <laughs> Satan's a loser. And I've had Christians be like, whoa, dude, be careful. Oh, man. Be careful, man. Be careful. And I'm like, are you, are we scared to trash talk Satan now? Like, it's not a rivalry. It's <laughs> there not is like, no rivalry. Like, God's not here, and Satan's. Here. You can't even see me. This is a podcast. I, mean, <laughs> I might put the video up. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's it's waving not like his hands rivalry. around. Many of us believe that it's a rivalry. Like they stand toe to toe, and they're going to fight. It's not mm. how it is. Satan is One a created is being. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that comes down to how well do we. No scripture. One of the things I've been doing at my home church is for like the past four times I've preached, I've asked the question, do we believe what Jesus said on the cross when he said it is finished? Do we know everything that was summed up in the word it? Everything was summed up. That means death was defeated. That means Satan was defeated. That means you're depression, anxiety, all of these things that you take on yourself. Jesus defeated all of those things. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to struggle with things, but it means that's not who we are. Exactly. But exactly. No, for the remainder of this podcast, I will ask that you watch what you say about Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding. But yeah, that's really cool that, um, you know, people see something different in you especially now we were talking before we started recording about how and i'm sure anyone hearing this is probably going through this too every job right now is you know there's not enough employees for what's going on and we can choose how we act if people probably wouldn't tell you that they see something in you if you were at work and you were angry all the time and you were hopeless and you were speaking bad about every customer and just not being positive, people probably wouldn't say they see any, anything in you at that point, but it's when we choose to have peace because, because scripture promises peace that passes all understanding, meaning that we can have peace in times that having peace makes no sense at all. And that is what we are promised through Christ when we walk in who we are. And when we show that we have peace in times that it makes no sense at all to have peace, that's when people are either going to be like, hey, I want what you have, or hey, what's wrong with you? Exactly. And if you don't understand the peace, that's because you're not supposed to understand it. (laughs) It's because it has nothing to do (laughs) with you. My pastor did a really good teaching on that. And he said that exact thing, that same thing. And it made me laugh so hard. (laughs) 
<laughs> you can't understand it. Good. That's, <laughs> <Don't. supposed to. laughs> That's kind of the point. <laughs> <laughs> when scripture says something passes understanding, it probably means you're not going to understand it. <laughs> People take the wrong thing literal in the Bible and miss the things that you actually need to take literal in the Bible. <laughs> True. Cool. I think some of the other things that uh, um, God's been teaching me more and more, and just as I've been stepping into more and more leadership at my church is just the importance of everyone that everyone has a part that our church, not just our church, but like the church as a whole in our country has just been so structured on here's the pastor. Here's the worship leader, the youth leaders in there somewhere. And then everybody else is just the congregation. Their only job is to just show up, and be at church and sometimes give money. But all the other stuff is the pastor's job or the youth leader's job or the worship leader's job. It's not actually anybody in the church's job to do anything. It's just their job to show up. And I think God's just been like showing me more and more on like what it means whenever scripture says like, it is our job to equip the saints for the work of the Lord. Everyone that is in Christ is a saint and it is those in leadership's job to take the, th- the things that God has made them passionate about the, the, the gifts and talents they have and to equip others to go do the exact same thing. I think one of the biggest things that we see in church now, and I'm just going to go off on a random tangent is We see churches that are doing really great things and they're doing really cool things, but there's such a spirit of pride there that when the pastor dies or when the pastor quits, the church is over because while great things were happening in the church, he never took time to train the next one. And I think there's, there's so much truth in the quote if you are not training someone else to do what you are currently doing, it's going to die. That it is always our job as Christians to be being trained by someone else and to be training someone else. That we should always have those two things going on because if we are not training others to do what we are currently doing, then how is it going to continue and how is anybody um, going to feel, you know, comfortable or adequate to, uh, do those things if they're not already being taught. Like, it's not just, um, I grew up in a, uh, culture of Southern Baptist churches where anytime the pastor quit or passed away, we had to form this thing called a pastor search committee. And a bunch of people went to either different churches to try to find a pastor that they could steal from another church, or they checked out schools of, uh, you know, people that were just getting out of seminary that may want to come in and pastor a church. Mm -hmm. But none of these churches ever had somebody in the church 
that was already trained up, ready to take over. And the more that I think about that, like, that's awful. Like, I think any healthy church should have someone else in the church that is ready to step up at any time. Uh, One of the churches that I was at a few years ago that helped me learn a lot of really awesome things. One of the pastor's main goals was he always said, one week, I'm just not going to show up. And I'm going to know that everything's going to go exactly as planned because I'm just not going to show up, but somebody's going to step up and say, well, I've got a word from God that I can share and everything's just going to continue as planned because if the, if the service revolves around one man, then it's not about God. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's just some of the things that's been going through my mind over the past few months is just the pride that comes with pastors that hog their pulpits. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's also not good for them. Yeah. uh, This is one of the reasons I love my church is because, you know, if, if my pastor, if apostle Bren, if he wants to take time with his family or he wants, he wants to do something else, they have him covered. Yep. All the time. And that's awesome, man. Not everyone has that. For sure. And that keeps them from getting burnt out. Yeah. It also honors them as a person, as a leader, right? As a pastor. Yep. Uh, because I, if they want to take like a week for their family and just be with their family, they should be able to do that. Yep. Right? Exactly. The uh, pastor that I work under now, um, uh, he's he's not going to be at church the next two weeks. And I think that's awesome that the way that our church is, he can do that next week. He's going to preach somewhere else. And the week after that, him and his wife are are celebrating 25 years and they're just going to go to the mountains or something. And most churches that I've been part of, people would actually look down on him for that. People freak out. Yeah. yeah. Like, Oh, the, the pastor's not going to be there. What are we going to do without our idol? <laughs> yeah. I remember when I came to uh, city revival for the first time uh, about two weeks in or something. Uh, one of the people said, yeah, uh, pastor Brent's not going to be here. He's coaching his baseball, his daughter's baseball or softball team. And I was like, Whoa. that's awesome. Yeah. You do that? Like, that's not, that's not what I'm used to. I'm used to yeah. like, uh, people literally just like, if you, if, if the pastor's not there, if the worship leader's not there, it's over. We're, we're done. Yeah. No, I thought that was awesome, man. And I, th- yeah. I hope that every church t- starts doing that because not only is it like idolizing people when, when you say that things can't go on, uh, but it's also leads to rip, like burnout people all the time. For sure. You know, for sure. Um, uh, we were l- looking into uh, something not too long ago and we saw um, this thing online that said normal like career of a uh, pastor now is like under two years because they'll go start w- working for a church and then instantly get burnt out. Because people don't know how to 
rest. It's been like, it's basically been taught, even if we haven't said the words, if you take time off, it's a sin. <laughs> and it's like, we've told people, pastors for sure, that if you're not in the pulpit every week with a fresh word from God, and also have all week to answer every complaint from every person in the church and then still have time to go to the hospital and see the people that are sick in the church. And then if someone didn't show up to church the past week and they didn't get a call from the pastor this week asking why they weren't there, then the pastor must not care about them as a person because he didn't take time to check in on that one person. Yeah. We put all of these things on one person and then wonder why people burn out or wonder why we see pastors that end up in, in sexual scandals or financial scandals. It's because they don't have time to be spiritually where they need to be because they're trying to babysit everyone else. And that's not the way the church is supposed to be. So I think with what you were saying of you hope that every church kind of transitions in, to this, I, I believe that it's not really going to be much of a choice. I think the churches that don't transition into this won't be here for much longer. I think they're going to fade away and then we will see churches that are doing it a more healthier way than what we have seen of just the pastor single man doing everything mm -hmm. and something else I'm really stoked on too, is just seeing, I know a lot of people in our culture don't like change. And when you talk about changing the way church has been, somehow people think that the way that we've been doing church for the past hundred years is biblical. Um, even though it's literally just been like the past hundred years or so that that is what equates as biblical because it's all they've ever known yeah. when scripture talks over and over again about, you know, God can do a new thing. God will do something new. Mm -hmm. And um, just because something that we say at our church all the time is just because something worked 50 years ago, doesn't mean that it's still working today the the gospel never changes but the way we present the gospel can change um yeah. and i personally think like there's a lot of good things that happen through bigger like crusades and 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 services and stuff but i think the time of like the billy graham crusades and all that stuff i think most of that is over. I think what people are craving now is something intimate. I think people are craving to actually see what people were talking about. Cause uh, I know back then reading stories and they're awesome, but you see thousands and thousands and thousands of people coming to Christ who discipled these people who actually stuck by these people, or did they just pray a prayer and then, get thrown out into the Christian world. Um, I think what people are, are craving now is 
people to be with people to do life with. Yeah. Um, I think that's where we're going to see healthy Christians, man. Cause that's, that's what Jesus did. And it's going to look a lot more simplistic than it is going to be stra- extravagant. Yeah. I feel like for sure. And I think that's going to be a challenge for some people. Cause some people are just, I don't know how I'm going to say this the right way, but some people are obsessed with the extravagant thing. Yeah. And they're like, Oh man, the Holy spirit fell during that. That's so sick. Oh my gosh. Yes. But also you carry the Holy spirit, you know, Mm-hmm. with you god is with you yep. everywhere you go you know so everyday life every single day christ is with you every single day the holy spirit is going to talk to you it's going to lead you to do things you know yep. and it doesn't always have to be boom oh man this service was so awesome like i cried for 10 years yeah there's nothing and- wrong with crying or anything but <laughs> i'm saying there are things that are simple that yep. god loves and there are things that are simple that are very, very much like Holy Spirit inspired, you know. And this is not always the case because there are plenty of times where you're just in the the presence of God, whether it's on your own or corporately. And the Holy Spirit will just enter in like a brand new way that you've never felt before. And it's just like that the, that thing that you were just talking about, the boom moment. But from my experience, most of the time when you experience that Holy Spirit boom moment, it's because you ignored all of the small moments. It's because if you hear something that makes you cry for 10 years, it's because you've been convicted of something that you've been overlooking. You've been convicted on something that the Holy Spirit has been trying to speak to you about but it took this one big moment for, for you to finally hear, not for the Holy spirit to finally show up because like you said, the Holy spirit is always there. Mm-hmm. So we're not waiting for the Holy spirit to show up. It's you that has to start listening, start paying attention. And yeah. when these big boom moments happen, it's because you finally put yourself in a spot where the only person, the only thing that you want to pay attention, attention to is whatever God is speaking to you Mm -hmm. when we can do that every day if we choose to, but we choose to wait until these big worship services or these big worship nights, we split everything up into categories Monday through Friday is my time to work. Saturday is my time to do what I want to do. Sunday is when I'll experience God. But we don't understand, like, when you're at work, you can have that exact same Holy Spirit boom while you're taking an order from a customer. Oh, yeah. That you can have at church with both your arms in the air praising God. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. My pastor always says that church needs to be uh, a celebration. You know, people coming together and like celebrating God. And often it is, I need something. So I go there on Sunday. Yep. Uh, And sometimes we do need things. I mean, sometimes we need that encouragement, but I'm really praying and hoping for a time where like, it's, it literally is just like people coming together and saying, wow, God was with me all week. Yep. Let's worship him right now. 
uh, and I do that all week, but let's do it together. Like, yeah. you know, let's do it together. And uh, not so much, oh, man, if I don't have church on Sunday, I, I'm not going to make it, you yeah. know? <laughs> I'm not going to make it through the week if I don't get to church on Sunday. Yeah, like, for sure. One of the things that my old pastor used to say all the time is, how would your physical body be if you only ate once a week? If you had to wait until s- Sunday, even if Sunday you went to an all-you-can-eat buffet and you ate for two hours straight, you would still be feeling pretty rough by Wednesday. Oh, yeah. For sure. And I mean, it's the same thing we do spiritually. We have to make the choice to spend every day with God and not just these times that we choose to set for God. Not just when I'm feeling emotional. Exactly. And then we equate the Holy Spirit to goosebumps. Yeah. And the times where I feel absolutely like average. Yep. The Holy Spirit is with me and God is still speaking. I have to be able to listen. Yep. I don't have to be, uh, I don't have to be depressed or anxious or to hear from God. Uh, And he will speak in those times. Don't hear me wrong, but you know, in the times where everything's okay. Yep. I still want to hear his voice. Exactly. And even on the, like others, others, others side of that for people that struggle with anxiety and stuff, just knowing you being anxious does not mean God is further away from you. Mm -hmm. The way that you feel has nothing to do with how good he is or how close he is or how much you're loved. Um, That's one of the big truths that God always has to tell me over and over again is, and I'm sure people that struggle with anxiety know all of this too, but when you get anxious and there's no reason for you to be anxious, then you start feeling guilty for being anxious. And through that guilt, you start questioning like, what have I done wrong? Well, what am I doing wrong? God, I'm sorry if I'm pushing you away. Like, what am I doing? And just that thought of like, no, God loves you the exact same in your anxiety that he does on your happiest day. Exactly. Um, And just that, uh, yeah. Don't equate the Holy Spirit to goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not telling you to not, I'm not telling you to be emotionless robots. Yes. But I'm, I'm saying that, you know, as a Christian, God is with you every single day, even when nothing crazy is happening. When you're eating a hot pocket, (laughs) you know, (laughs) he's with you. Right. So I don't know. Just uh, think about that. Maybe. I don't know. How did you know? that I ate a hot pocket this week for my first time in two and a half years. It's called discernment. Yeah. Dude. No, it's, that's not what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't eat hot pockets because I'm a keto, keto guy. So that's fair. Yeah. I haven't had one in like two and a half years. And then this week I bought a box of pepperoni pizza, hot pockets. And yeah, they take about two years off your life each. So each hot pocket. Yeah. Each hot pocket. I should be dead by now. Yeah. <laughs> back, when, back when Halo 3 was a thing, <laughs> yeah. it was like six Hot Pockets a night and Halo 3. 
Mountain All right. Dew. So we're going to start putting out podcasts every day because apparently I don't have much time left <laughs> if uh, Hot Pockets are really taking this much time off. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, going forward with the uh, podcast, um, the plan is to just keep doing things like this, just uh, kind of like what you were just talking about with church is um, three of us and maybe sometimes four of us will just pick one day per week or however often we can and just uh, talk about what God has been doing. So uh, we'll be talking about some really cool things. And then sometimes we'll be talking about things that are happening that we don't understand. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where this is going to go and just what all we're going to end up talking about. Sure. Um, thanks for, thanks for talking today. I'll leave, I'll leave people with the question. Do it. Kind of, kind of uh, relating to, I think we were all over the place, but that's okay. It's going to be uh, that way. So I'm going to challenge anyone who hears this. If you made it all this time, if you close it out, you know, you're not going to hear this anyway. <laughs> so just pretend you heard it. Uh, you can tell me how awesome it was, even though you didn't actually listen to it later. Uh, but if they didn't and they tell you how awesome it was, that means they didn't hear this part and they're genuinely thinking that the two minutes they did hear was awesome. I got you set up. I can call you out now. But um, where is God in your completely average moments? Yes. I'm going to ask you that question. So uh, whenever Josh puts this out, that whole week, I'm going to challenge you. Where is God when I feel absolutely average and nothing Mm -hmm. is happening around me? Are you hearing his voice or not? Do you need something extravagant or not? I'm going to pose that question to you. Cool. And to go even further than that, uh, next episode, we'll start with answering that question for us from this time until we talk again. Um, Because I know that's something I definitely need to think about more and more. That's one of the things that I preach about a lot. And then sometimes I still struggle with finding God in the average times. Um, So, yeah, cool. Cool. I look forward to talking more about that. And uh, if you did make it this far, thanks for joining us. If you didn't make it this far, Hot Pockets got another one. Also, last question. Is my Blue Jay tattoo cooler than his Cardinal tattoo? I'm not putting up the video now. Um, (laughs) So... I'm really hip. I'm I'm a new age Christian. I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to end on that. I'm going to ask the guy that edits our podcast to just end <laughs> with that before he says, just kidding. And uh, this episode will be titled Outward Conversation versus New Age Christianity. <laughs> Bye. Good.